0: I'm the internet, Sean Baby, uh, and this is the official podcast for one 800 Dog, the very last comedy website. I'm here with the illustrious Bobby the Barbarian, Robert Brockway.
1: I'm here with a relevant Brockway fact. Uh, oh. When I was 13, I jump kicked a man in the balls with a motorcycle. <laughs> no follow-up questions. I don't know why you need them. Yeah, don't need any. Don't need any. Uh, also
0: joining us is our, our dear friend, best-selling author Jason Pargin. This is a
2: momentous day for people who are fans of my floating podcast that I do from one show to the next. Who I, mm-hmm. I, I think is
1: distributed pirate podcast.
2: Yeah, I think in 2021 I did 35 hours of podcasts across eight different shows, but never, that never was the same. Just four of our before. shows. Uh, yeah, um, but people ask sometimes, Jason, why don't you have your own podcast? And obviously, the answer is. Because if you have your own show, you have to do the hard parts, which are Mm -hmm. the editing and arranging all of the technical back-end stuff instead of just showing up and and talking about things. But for people who are fans of just me and just follow me from show to show, or people who are fans of The Dog Zone and only like the episodes I'm on, this (laughs) is a huge
0: day. That's me. (laughs) That's most everybody, yeah.
2: (laughs) Because for two straight years... I have been on here promoting the same book. and Oh Oh my
1: God, is it going to happen? For literally
2: the entire time the dog zone has existed, I have only ever been on here promoting one project, one book. And I finally have a new book to promote. It takes me two years to write a book. Every two years, I get to turn the page and start promoting a new book, which again, for an author, the writing part is the tedious part it's the promoting of the book that we all actually <laughs> enjoy this is for where sure. I, I come alive
0: yeah this um, is where you shine
2: yeah any any great author will tell you that so <laughs> i have a new book that is up for pre-order now that you know if you're a reader of 1900 hot dog you're already aware of this if you only experience this website in audio form then this is the news the new book is called if this book exists you're in the wrong universe it is the the fourth book in the John Dies at the End series, the one that got turned into a movie. This is not a joke; it's a real book that exists anywhere you can buy books. We may possibly have a link to one of the pre order things in the podcast description. I don't I know if make not. That happen. It is not that difficult for you to just go search that title on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or what borders. Borders still exist. Is that gone? No, there's probably no. not. B Dalton yeah. Booksellers. I don't know the any of those. RIP uh, whatever bookstores are, are left. Name some, name some book chains,
1: uh, (laughs) Amazon, Mm -hmm. internet other than Amazon. Uh, uh, We're trying uh, to Amazon UK. Uh,
2: anyway, so yes, that is books. Uh, As you know, I am a full-time novelist since, since bailing out of cracked in whatever year that was 2020, I guess. Um, this is literally the only the only thing I do. You will hear other authors; they will be on Twitter on their social media, and they will be apologizing, saying, "Oh gosh, guys, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. to spam you with you know, book news, but yeah, I you know I got the new book out. I'm, I'm really sorry." Hey, no, <laughs> it, 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 that is the only reason Jason to Martin. use Twitter. If you're not uh-huh. using Twitter to sell some other thing, you're a sicko. There's something there's something wrong with you. I do not apologize for using Twitter or Facebook or any other platform to, to get you to buy my books. It's the only thing keeping me alive. Otherwise, I'm just literally donating my time and energy to the Twitter corporation for them to
0: sell banner ads. I mean, that's a noble cause.
1: Yeah, somebody needs to do it.
2: It's like the guy I knew in college who started a porn site and it was free with no ads. It was just like just, a charity uh, operation. It's like for some <laughs> reason that's filthier to me than doing it for money. Uh, it's like well, what's I the guess, URL
0: on that? What's the uh, what's the URL for your friend's free website?
1: And it's, it, just, it's just all him all the time. The <laughs> you
2: know, like only If you went to a brothel and they're like, No, it's free, no charge. Like yeah, you would not in. for one second think about stepping foot in that place. Like, oh, okay, so I'm the product. <laughs> you're you're yeah. going to be recording me
1: and then selling videos of it. Which again was the plot of Bordello of Blood. So we've come full circle to uh, to, a, to a different podcast. I guess I'm in play. We did it, babe. We made it ten minutes without mentioning Dennis did Miller. Did not babe. think there was going to be a Miller impression <laughs> in this podcast. You can never tell. At this point, the the fans
2: demand it. Like it's yeah, so, you got to like make a like a game of,
1: based on betting whether or not there's a Miller impression and how long into the podcast it goes. That's that's uh, the home game, the one nine hundred hot dog home game.
0: This, um, the idea for this show was kind of yours, Jason, because uh, you were going to pitch an article about the scene in this movie where the young boy strokes off the motorcycle. Which and movie gets it is aroused. This? Uh Well, I think everyone knows from that description already. We're talking about the 80s film, The Dirt by Kid. If you're crazy about magic, the hot for kid. action, ready for romance, and wild about winning, this movie's for you. <laughs> that's, that's from the front of the That's box. the tagline. That whole whole
1: paragraph, all four of those taglines are the tagline. And yes, I'm sorry to to interrupt you. I just realized we hadn't said the title one more time with the relevant scene that Jason uh, pitched a column for.
0: The Dirt Bike Kid and early in the film, the young boy takes the muddy dirt bike and wipes it down and it's all droopy. And after he starts gently stroking it to the sexy song, uh, you may or may not have. I don't know if we're going to leave that in. I did sing the song before we started the podcast. Uh, to a song about love, this boy strokes his motorcycle and it starts to get a, I guess, what a motorcycle would call a boner, what you and I might call a boner. And that's that happened in a real movie. And um, Jason was like, I'm going to write about this. And then he and went And there's only one site
1: that would allow this. And
0: search you know, site hotdogcom space boner, and of course found that
1: Brockway had already done that very early. And <laughs> 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 I would
0: already,
1: already written about this exact scene at the, that exact angle. And uh, yeah, yeah uh, to paint a word picture, uh, this the column that I wrote was about proving that this was a crime against humanity for you to depict mm-hmm. this on film. And I stand by that because the, the movie itself, uh, in brief, just describes and shows how sentient and how, how it has free will, this dirt bike. And uh, so it's its, its a own person.
2: Film. We've not established this. This
1: is, yes, not it is a, not a pornography, yeah. uh, hosted yeah, a as a passion project. Yeah.
2: It stars <laughs> the kid from a Christmas story, Peter, <laughs> yes. Delisley, correct? Yep. Um, and it's in that Video genre theater. of movie. So make sure you're kid.
1: picturing that child <laughs> masturbating a dirt bike to completion. <laughs>
2: And it's the scene where he discovers that the filthy old dirt bike that he found, or it, he, it, in the movie, we'll we'll get into the plot. But it's the scene where he realizes it's alive and magical. And the way they choose to convey that is while he is cleaning <laughs> it up, its fender is bent over, curled under because it's been it's all wrecked and you know mashed in up in the
1: exact shape of a flaccid penis and the
2: exact shape of a flaccid human dong. And as he's wiping it with a cloth. It raises up into its old fender position, which now, perfectly now, mimics a human bone.
0: And here's, on the
1: edge of love. Here's what sold me, is that there's a slight moment of hesitation as it drips down and then grows back up. So it's got the little droop. Mm-hmm. And then, like, this was modeled carefully right. to show a human getting an erection. And the bike knew what it was doing. It's a sentient bike. It's shown having, like, physical sensation, speaking English having free will, this bike knew about this relationship and what was going on with this erotic hand bat that he is given by a child and uh, was okay with it. As we listened to standing on the edge of love, there's no way <laughs> this was not a scene about a magical dirt bike getting a hand job from the kid from the Christmas story. We all agree, right? Yes. yes.
2: Like, um, it's, but it's I would a... posit for this, the basis of this episode, not the strangest choice in this movie.
0: No, I mean, it was was, more
2: baffling scenes than that. It's just that's
1: very few are this erotic. The movie (laughs) is completely insane. Like it's overshadowed. Like I had to focus in because I needed to write a column just about this scene, which I'm sure you understand. We both arrived independently at the importance of this moment in cinema. But yeah, it's start to finish. This movie's fucking nuts. It's like everything. I swear to God, it might be a parody of the 80s, but like in the middle of the 80s like they're parodying I, things that came later.
0: I got that vibe. The the director uh only directed at like a zany uh, news show like uh like full on like um Kentucky Fried Movie type zany and that was his only credit before this movie. So he it was he might have made this as a parody, like as a sarcastic like I'm going to make such an 80s structured movie that like makes fun of all these tropes. And then he but- told nobody else involved. Right, like you'd never get that from the tone, but and uh, the script looking back is
2: by it, Roger Corman's wife.
1: Yeah, well, I'm the like... story at least is she came up with a. She just stormed into the office one day and was like, "I had a dream about a child giving a dirt bike a hand job. You're on it." <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say that again. No eyes turn to dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Just start. <laughs> okay,
2: so I, I do want to step back and set this up a little bit because I think some of our younger listeners who don't vividly remember the 80s or they only know the 80s from watching Stranger Things, there are some. There, there was are some an episode about this. That, that you, that, yeah, <laughs> that you'll have to, we have to kind of establish because I, like, I wrote um, an article about this Sylvester Stallone uh, movie Cobra, which was in 1987, mm-hmm. maybe somewhere around there. And I said when you watch it, it's actually extremely difficult to tell, are they doing straightforward eighties action? Or right. is this a parody of eighties action? Because it doesn't seem like Sly Stallone was if if nothing else, he did not know. If if it was, he was un, uh, was unaware of it. And like there's no one involved whose pedigree would suggest they would be that they would be able to do right. like this
0: close and this sharp of a parody. And but if you took Sylvester Stallone in that scene and replaced him with Leslie Nielsen, don't change a second of it. Don't change the timing. Don't change a word. He walks into the room and pulls out an old piece of cold pizza and cuts it in half with, like, barber shears. Like,
1: you're like, this is so weird and From funny. the freezer, pulls it out of the freezer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You would you'd be like, oh, that's so wacky and random. And you, to this day, with the question that I made, the, the point I made in that column was the question of, was this self-aware or not? I'm telling you, if you lived in the '80s, you would understand that that question was meaningless back then. Yeah, it, it, there's no such thing. Like, there's a, a Rocky Four. Sylvester Stallone solved the Cold War by by punching a Russian man hard enough that it brought world peace.
0: And I bought every second of that.
2: We yeah, we just no one in the audience was laughing or saying, "Oh, this is ridiculous." We just walked out of the theater like, "Yeah, that's yeah, this okay. is what
1: movies should do. This is how so, they should be."
2: If you're asking me, did they know when they made the Dirt Bike Kid, which to, to just circle back and establish, the on the box of the Dirt Bike Kid VHS tape, it would look like a bog standard cookie cookie cutter kids movie, that, a, mil, a million of which existed in the 80s, which was kid who is from some kind of a broken home, usually parents are divorced or one parent is dead, encounters some sort of magical companion. It could be an alien. It could be a sentient person bicycle, something, whatever. They go on some kind of an adventure and have to save their home, their marriage, something. And then Uh, at the end... Always a
1: business, always a small business from a banker.
2: Yeah. And then at the end, the the magical being goes back home or leaves. It's it's kind of Frosty the Snowman. It's kind of E.T. But it is a standard template. So I actually don't... If they made this as a parody, it is on a whole, it's on a level, because there's so much of a feel sincere, or as one of you posited moments ago, I don't know which one, because your voices are identical to me, and I, like, they're quite frankly <laughs> as are all other humans. Too. Yeah. Um,
0: as are all other humans. Yeah.
2: That is <laughs> that, it's, that it's extremely <laughs> possible that some people in the movie were sh- shooting it like a parody, and other people thought they were playing it straight. But for example, something we'll get into, is this movie has the standard 80s funny rapist character, right? <laughs> but whether or not they yes. are doing a commentary on the funny rapist character or else they're just saying, isn't it funny that this guy's a rapist? It is impossible to say, if you could go back in time and interview everyone on that set, you would never get an answer.
1: You yeah, no, That actor would say, hilarious.
0: this is the 15th rapist I played this year. <laughs> I played one in the skateboard buddies. I played one in ATV comes to life. I played one in Snow Patrol.
2: Yeah, I played Uh, everyone a children's movie. Hot Dog, the movie.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of hot dogs in this movie, which was pretty great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's not something I touched on a lot in my column. Because, again, I really zeroed in on the uh, sentient motorcycle handjob thing. Uh, Gave me kind of tunnel vision. But, yeah, this whole movie turns on the hot dog. Uh, This is about... This young boy finding a magical dirt bike in order to save his local hot dog joint called Mike's Doghouse.
2: So, do we just walk? Do you want to walk through the plot in the order that it occurs? I, I know we have extensive notes on this. Is that how you've arranged
0: your. Absolutely. That's the. Let's do it. Let's see the big boys bust and burn, which is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> uh, something the television said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it starts off and they're trying to uh, 80s movies. Another thing, they're very, very efficient. So in just the first 30 seconds, we see this kid completely zoned out watching a dirt bike race on TV. His floor is just covered in dirt bike debris, just any dirt bike prop they could find. They threw on the floor. He's uh, just snacking while uh, his very, very single mother, uh, it just can't handle all this. So she's on the phone trying to get a job while like things are burning in the kitchen. And, uh, Again, just so packed Someone with on the TV 80s screams.
1: She's every yeah, it's 80s. so 80s.
0: Yes. Um. In I had another seconds. thing in my notes where the uh, the dirt bike selling point was see the racers battle for trophies. Five count them five feet high. <laughs> <laughs> I thought these are high stakes. Is the thing. Um. So I can appreciate how like we're just barely into the movie and we know so much. Like we, the only way we could know more is if like she tripped on an urn that said like beloved husband died in a quote accident. Like it's that efficient. Um, yeah. To be clear, this movie's like
2: 82 minutes long. <laughs> they
1: yeah.
0: long
2: enough, to they to used to, to, they used to not waste your time.
1: And the other thing 19 about this minutes movie, of which is motorcycle hand job, Right.
0: <laughs> the, um, I think this happened somewhere in the nineties where people in movies started to like demand an explanation or like make a comment on how something doesn't make sense. Like in Gremlins 2, someone's like, well, what the fuck? Feed him after midnight. That doesn't make any sense. What if? And he has all these questions. Whereas in Gremlins 1, he's like, don't feed him after midnight. No questions. Fine. I don't care. I'm not going to want to hear about time zones. I don't want to hear about when you can start feeding them again. I don't care. I get it. And things were better Uh, back then. Yeah. People in the 80s in a movie, they just went with it. So as you'll see in this film, like a magical dirt bike that can think and move on its own. No one in the entire film, takes one moment to say, what the fuck is that? How is that happening? It just doesn't happen. So get it out of your head right now.
2: Yeah, there's no backstory where the bike is like imbued with the spirit of some brave writer who died while his, riding his dead father race. who and died while, while like dirt that. biking. It's yeah, there's no. But in this opening scene, Sean, what is the mother's reaction to My the man. fact that her child is watching the TV too loud while she is struggling to, to be a mother?
0: What does she do? She's like not happy about it, but uh doesn't
1: care too much. Well she no. charges out and cuts the cord of the television. She cuts scissors. the
2: the power cord of the TV with a pair of scissors.
1: Oh well that's like I was skipping ahead,
0: yeah. Like that was after the bacon burned and the fire alarm went off. And- <laughs> Which again is like two minutes. It's two minutes in this movie. We're not skipping ahead. We're skipping ahead <laughs> 15 right. seconds. Fair enough. But yes, yeah, she does cut the cord of the TV with some scissors. Yeah, causing Cobra style.
2: For yeah, no reason. She she like Pulls up the cord and looks at him dead in the eye and grabs her shears and just chops the cord instead of just turning the television off.
1: Who's the mom? You say it. You fucking say it. <laughs> there does, pres- the next scene is amazing, though. It's a, one of my favorite quotes. Is when she like he's zoned out and she says, "How do you expect to get through life?" And the kid immediately says, "On an eighty cc dirt bike." Fuck. fuck yes. Fuck yeah. I'm on board with this. guy. You gotta car, give him 100%. that answer. Yeah, you got to give him
0: that answer. You're like, fair enough.
2: Yeah, because the lesson of this movie is ultimately going to be every problem, including financial difficulties for a small business, can be solved by a sentient dirt bike. And should. None of which includes using the dirt bike to win a bunch of money in a dirt bike race. (laughs) How is that not what this
1: movie is about? (laughs) How is that not what this movie is about? It's a fight. I kept waiting.
2: It, it, not to skip too far ahead. It does include at one point the dirt bike breaking into a board meeting of bankers
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> to, and protest, it goes well. to protest the morality of banking through dirt bike mime.
2: Yeah. Which it cannot speak. It can only wiggle its its headlights and, and make motorcycle <laughs> noises. It, it, and here's where I'm going to, and I know we, we've, we've only recapped the first 45 seconds of the plot and I'm already <laughs> stopping, but, <laughs> I want to explain to the listener. I, I don't know if it's true of these other two guys who host a show. I've already forgot, forgotten their names. But my favorite type of bad movie is where they tried to make a very lazy cookie cutter movie. Like like it's clear somebody sat down and said, okay, we got a hundred grand. We're going to make uh, a revenge movie. Or we're going to make a, a kung fu movie. Or we're going to make whatever, a, You know, a, a magical E.T. ripoff with, with a dirt bike but when they sat down to write it realized there's like a bunch of stuff that has to be filled in to to make a full movie like the formula is is a few basic elements and it's when filling in all of the other stuff the insanity emerges because there's there's a boring version of this movie there's probably one playing on the lifetime channel right now or the hallmark channel or out on streaming but it's when you see them try to make a like a boring cookie cookie cutter movie and accidentally turn it into a carnival of madness because somebody behind it either on purpose or on accident like every idea they had to like fill in the gaps between the the scenes that you know are there so for example the standard scene where the child meets the magical being like in ET it was when he throws the baseball into the shed you guys remember that from childhood Here, it's him giving a hand job to the motorcycle.
0: Where were we in the movie? I guess the mother gives the kid $50 to go get groceries. She's like, you're a total fuck up. I just killed our TV. Here's our last $50 bill. Go get groceries. To be clear, this is
2: going to be important later. It's their last $50 and they are out of food.
1: Right. And And it's Jack and the Beanstalk. We're just starting Jack and the Beanstalk to do this fucking magic dirt bike movie. It's the laziest thing I've ever. Right to the dirt bike track. He leaves the house and goes straight to
0: the dirt bike track, which is exactly what his mother would have. He like, told her sustained. I live my life
1: yeah. on an 80cc dirt bike. Yes. Where do you expect? Uh,
0: he has a friend, Bo, who is, I guess, like a 10 year old pervert. He's just watching titties bounce. You see, this is the, this
1: is like the 80s trope that I, like this one died. I want to say it didn't even make it all the way through the 80s, but there were so many 80s right. movies that had a 10 year old pervert. And I don't know why that was a thing. Like prepubescent, The kid looks and acts and moves like a sex criminal's ventriloquist dummy. He's (laughs) terrifying. And his only personality trait is, I want to fuck. And like, this was not unusual for the 80s. It's so weird.
2: Yeah, not a teenager at all. He has not gone through puberty, but his character arc at the end of this movie, a spoiler, he's the last time you see him, he will have successfully picked up two adult babes. Yeah, he
1: has the threesome. With two adults, to it's, have a
2: threesome with, we don't see them have a threesome, obviously, but it's implied. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't he, watch he got... to
1: the end of the credits? That was a stinger. <laughs>
0: yeah, <it> was <laughs> post credit, they bang in the hot dog restaurant. Um, so, do you, do you guys have in your notes the rhyme that he says when uh, when we first see him?
1: I, I when he's know. watching that
0: woman jump up and down, and her wings uh, are shaking. He says it,
1: something more bounce to the
0: ounce. Yeah, he says it's a human fact. There's more bounce to the ounce, which is nothing. Like that's like. It means nothing. It's like saying dinner of those boobs, man, moon man's boobs. It's just nothing. It's, <laughs> it has something to do with tits, but it's not a, a phrase or colloquialism. I, it, it is accurate because
1: he's a child and doesn't fully understand what this is. He's just like trying to figure out how to perv. He doesn't know <laughs> sure. how to creep yet. This is first creep steps.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of creeps, uh, he's approached by an old man who's
1: just clearly magical by the musical sting. And the fact that he he, walks out of nowhere, which he does again. So he he literally appears out from behind a tree and just, I'm a magical old man because this was the time in the 80s when mysterious old men could just wander up to children and talk about the magic that they have.
0: (laughs) Just an unattended boy meeting a a creepy old man who came alone to the dirt bike track. Uh, Anyway, so he he sees his friend, his bully is Max, uh, who's uh, in the dirt bike race, and his dirt bike is not agreeing with him, so he's kicking it, and and this is sort of played like a guy kicking a dog, like it's very sad to to Jack, our hero, and so the old man is like, mm, he's not right. That the very special dirt bike, but not for him. You need to have be the right special boy. And um, are you the right special boy? Yeah, it's really creepy in the with a twenty twenty two lens. Um, so Max can, it's obviously the fastest dirt bike on the track. So Max, like when it starts going, he like passes everybody easily. And then the bike just stops twice. And they do this bit twice where he passes everybody. And then the bike will like stop working. And the second time it throws him into a mud puddle, it's like a joke. Like the, the bike is fucking with him and uh, that that's it. Uh, that's how they established to us, the viewer, that this is a magical living bike. Uh, I think Jack knows at this time too, because uh, he is not surprised later when he washes it in the garage and uh, it gets a boner. He's not like, "Oh, this makes no sense." He's like, "Oh yeah, my god!" Given the living what bike, what am a I boner. doing?
2: Okay, I, I want to. I want to make something clear. At no point anywhere in this film will any character express surprise that this bike is alive.
0: Not at all.
2: There's it, whatever whatever coping they did with that is happens off screen. Like everyone sees the bike driving by itself or whatever, and they just treat it the way you would treat. Like if a person was doing something annoying, like, ah, oh,
0: okay. it's that it's a
2: sentient dirt bike
0: trying to break into the <laughs> bank again. <laughs> so, uh, so the kid offers $50 to max for the bike. Um, and it, he's like, no, it's worth more than $50. And then Bo, the pervert says, what if he throws in his BMX bike uh, and a backpack and so it's a deal like he, he spends the last of the money and uh, let's see um, God what do I have next this I have in my notes that this poor actress is just barely not Goldie Hawn. uh his mother <laughs> who's like really mad about him by buying this dirt bike but she's just like so close to Goldie Hawn, but not all the way uh, her name's Ann Bloom I looked her up and she did a guest on um, Magnum P.I. Airwolf, The Amazing Spider-Man, Night Court, Doogie Hauser and The Greatest American Hero, which I think is like the 1985 equivalent of an EGOT. Like, if you have yeah. that on your resume, that's
1: that's something. Well, you so, look exactly like that. Like, that show, every episode of right. all of those shows, need a woman who looks almost like Goldie Hawn.
0: Right, a TV version of Goldie Hawn. Uh, this was one of her very rare feature films. She didn't act a lot after this. Not that she did a bad job. So she's mad about the bike, and rightfully so, because the kid turned... Uh, Fifty dollars and a ninety-dollar bike into a two-thousand-dollar motorcycle. You should be really upset about that, lady. Uh, so,
2: although they are now going to starve, that—that that was their last. They—they they now have no food and no money, and she has no job. So they're,
0: they are going to slowly get weak from hunger. Right, but um, they can eat their love. I guess it's the eighties. Uh, so then, this is he, He's very, very much in trouble. She's furious. Uh, and disappointed and he sneaks out of his room and that's the handjob scene where, where i'll talk about i don't think we need to describe that again uh, it's uh, it's soapy and erotic very inappropriate uh Jimmy, oh, in fact to, cut this
1: to, to standing on the edge of love once again i will sing it again
2: there's a bit they do on twitter these days where somebody will lie and say well i fed an algorithm 2000 right. internet memes and it produced this one in reality, if you fed an algorithm, every 80s song, like like credits, opening credits song, and had it make you a new one, it would be that song. It's so like 80s kid riding to school on his bicycle or riding a skateboard to school on his bicycle over the opening credits
0: that it's almost impossible to believe. And there are some lyrics about like doing your best and getting what you go for, but for the most part, it's a, it's a love song. It is a love song. Which makes me... Which makes me think it might have been appropriated from some something else. They're like, "We need a we need a dirt bike kid theme song." You're like, "Well, I got this love song I've been working on. No one wants it." Well, do you think it'd work between a kid and a bike? <laughs> no, I don't see why not. Wildly inappropriate. What if I told you that they they have a very sexual thing going? Get the fuck out of my office! <laughs> it just comes to life and takes off with a kid on a, Uh on a wheelie. Most of the movie he spends on a wheelie because they decided that's a pretty good way to hide the stuntman's face, the 200 pound stuntman but yeah, posing not, as a little boy. Not the fact
1: that this, I mean, picture the kid from Christmas Story. If you've seen A Christmas Story, he's very small, even for whatever age he is. Like pick an age, he's tiny for it. Right. And his You uh, actually know him. People know him today. He was the guy in Iron Man
0: who couldn't figure out how to make the reactor. And Jeff Bridges is like, Tony Stark! made this in a fucking cave.
1: And he goes, i uh, not Tony Stark. He's that guy. That's him grown up. Oh, and then he, he fixes a problem by giving a handjob to the reactor. And that's exactly just, how he does it. He heals it. He's all like, up.
0: I got some script notes, John. Uh, and they're like, yeah, put it in. So that's why uh, there's a cut of Iron Man where he, he gives the big, Robot, a, a hand job, and Obadiah Stane is like, "Yes, the bowler makes me mightier than Iron Man." I'm standing at the edge of love, <laughs> standing at the edge of love. Uh, I lost my place in my notes again because we're fucking around.
1: We're on the hand job. How can you lose? The- <laughs> we're on the hand job scene.
0: <laughs> oh, the hand job is just peppered through the entire thing. We, we got to move on. Resonated through my entire yeah. page of notes. Um. Okay. So. He immediately gets seen by the cops because he's driving. He's a child on a dirt bike going way over the speed limit. So the cops chase him, and I don't know the rules on this. I don't even think like dirt bikes are street legal. So I think you can drive them as a kid because they're technically not vehicles that are governed by the laws. But as soon as you're like on a road that's publicly owned, you can't have it on there anyway. So it doesn't matter if you're thirty or ten; like it's illegal to have it. So the the cop is right to chase him. I don't. Do these vary state to state? Do you guys
1: know about this? <laughs> are we going to go into the the, le- the legalities, <laughs> the state laws I, about? I, I, it's illegal in all of them to give a dirt bike a hand handjob. Well, probably not Missouri. Yes,
0: we can all agree to that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he's chasing this this dirt bike like all the way into the city, and it goes up a fire escape, and the cop just chases it as if he's going to follow him up the fire escape and just smashes it to the wall. Like the whole fucking patrol car is trashed. And so, um, that's it. Like that's the first thing the dirt bike kid does well, is then, trash a
1: police car and then fly. Yeah. Then it flies. He, it flies yes. like not like it really flies. Like it's a jump. It does the ET thing where it flies thousands of feet in the air. And now this is a flying magical dirt bike. And nothing right. has he prepared says, you for this so far.
0: The boy says, what are you doing? And that's, that's it. That's as close as anyone comes to do. What are you doing? And like, then he goes, Wow, hey, this is cool. It's just Yeah. It's just five minutes from when he gave it a sloppy hand
1: job. Um I really like yes. the cop. Because the the cop has played the wackiest any cop has ever been played. And yeah. his entire character trait, like his one character trait, is that he knows too many police codes, so he just yells random police codes in a wacky fashion. Mm-hmm. Only for some reason he really liked 9-11 as a police code. And he keeps throwing that out through the movie. So it's, it just, it obviously they couldn't have known at the time or could they, but uh, in retrospect, when he's like chasing the dirt by kid and he's got, we got a nine 11 here. We got a nine. It's like, it really changes the context.
2: The, Ryder <laughs> appears to be 17 years old. It's just 17 years to nine 11
1: <laughs>
2: over oh and over God. again. He kept saying it. It is, it is climbing on the, the two towers downtown.
0: <laughs> This movie predicted everything. You know, I forgot to mention the bikers. Like he's already encountered a biker gang who just are like, you working came off notes
2: him. or are you just working off your your vague memories of the film? This is why we take notes.
0: Okay, I, you're right. I should because like where the bikers
2: introduced prior to the inciting incident of the movie, which is the, no, the sure hot the dog restaurant. Next, the hot dog restaurant being closed by the evil banker. We've not even gotten. We've to not we're gotten yet. to part of the movie. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, this is the this movie. Is just, this is how the movie yeah, is structured, just... and it's crazy. Like <laughs> well, we need to go through that... these shenanigans before we get to the what the movie's about. Right. I have it on my notes that we're
0: ten minutes in, and we now know like their backstory. He has a magical flying bike. Uh, there's a biker gang that hates him because they they just saw him and they immediately started bullying him. Like they there's they so threw many him off inexplicable things. He stole his bike, uh, and then the bike like launched. The biker off onto his own bike, and it hurt his nuts, and he vowed revenge
1: on this boy. On this child, and then he takes. Off. And it, sh- on it sh- should child. be noted yes. this this biker gang is like Hell's Angels. It's a, they're all on cruisers, on choppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're all like, adults like, with scuzzy like yeah. denim. They're all adults, and they're like badasses. And they ride. He rides up to like a park or something, and the bikers ride out of the forest. They just were all yes. right out of the forest <laughs> at him. And here's the thing. Every other, like, all every time except for once in this movie, those bikers ride up out of the forest, even when it makes Mm -hmm. no sense for them to ride out of a forest. When they're, like, next to a house with a road, they will ride out of the forest onto the lawn. It's just, this movie is fucking crazy. listen, this is going to
0: sound cliche and stupid, but there's a lot of clues dropped in this movie that it doesn't actually happen, that this is all, like, a child's imagination and we're seeing it from his point of view. And... Uh, or just completely in his imagination. Um, I don't know if he even has a bike or a dirt bike. I think the kid fell asleep in front of the TV with too much sugar in him. And this is just a dream.
1: Is this, is Uh, this like a little kid sucker punch after the dirt bike hand job? Yes, this is little kid sucker punch. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) This movie
0: predicted predicted nine 11 and the equally bad sucker punch. Jamie cut that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, his mom doesn't believe him about the flying bike, obviously, so he goes to his friend Bo and he says, no, I, I flew around on a flying motorcycle. Do you have uh, Bo's quote in your notes? I, I wrote down none of Bo's quotes. Oh, he, he said, I don't believe in fairy tales. I only believe in Playboy magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, makes no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> He just, look, if it's not pornography, I just don't think it exists. Uh, so his love of titties has penetrated every aspect of his brain. Uh, he's not horny kid. It's like his ideology, his religion is horniness. Like he's, that's
1: all this person is. And again, in so many movies, you will find nine-year-old pervert. It's utterly inexplicable. I have no idea. <laughs> and uh,
0: we're starting like a, a little bit of struggle here already because the mom wrestles their motorcycle into the car. Like the motorcycle does not want to get in the car, but the mother is stronger than the dirt bike and overpowers it. Again, she's not concerned with how the dirt bike is alive and trying to fight or fight away from her. She's she's just like, God, dig in the fucking car, living dirt bike. (laughs) And she sells it to a bike shop for what she says is going to be $50. She's like, I'm going to sell this fucking bike and get my $50 back. And she's leaving. And the guy at the bike shop is like beaming. Like he's like, I just bought a bike for $50 and um, I think that happened because later in the movie, we'll see. Um, I, I don't wanna get ahead of myself. So the kid doesn't have his dirt bike now. And now we've learned that, um, that the, their little league coach is the owner of a local hot dog restaurant. Mike's doghouse. And Mike's doghouse. And he's a terrible coach. He's he's like, okay guys, gather around. God, the, those kids are so good at baseball. God damn it.
1: (laughs) He's a terrible person. This guy is just like a a beleaguered, lifelong underdog. He has never been an above dog like at any point in his life. (laughs) I don't mean he's like a monster. He's just really bad at being a person. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit.
0: Uh, I wrote down how I loved this scene where uh, the kid's very upset because he lost his dirt bike, which was a magical dirt bike. You'd be right to be sad. Uh, His family has no um, father or money or food. Uh, He's going through some shit. And so he goes to the coach and he's like, oh, man, things are rough. And the coach is like, well, um, if the tough can't uh, – he he can't remember a single cliche about hardships and uh, fails really hard as his duty as a mentor. As he does at everything. (laughs) Right. And then he tells the kid, if you ever need anything, you come to me.
1: (laughs) I was like, no, you demonstrate it. (laughs) You fucking blow it when I do that. Um, Now, I I would like to interject that uh, Mike was played by Patrick Collins and uh, Patrick Collins would go on to be uh, one of the 50 most powerful people in porn. Uh, He would go on to be a pornographic film actor and producer uh, called The Colonator uh, after Wikipedia says male genitals that have greater girth than length. So that's what he was known for, and he he starred and directed. I don't uh, like the sound of that. Such movies as Butt Woman Does Budapest, oh, which that's was a pretty really good. These and, are good notes. This is good research. No, it, it's it was a different guy. But oh. <laughs> it was a different guy. But this is the top link that they linked you to if you follow from Google's like IMDb cast. They're like, yeah, this is this guy. So this uh oh, this poor underdog fantastic. actor who was just beleaguered <laughs> at all times. If you look him up. The internet will say, "Yeah, he's a he's butt woman does Budapest guy." So <laughs> I he's an underdog was... in real life too.
2: <laughs> what if that guy himself did a little bit of Google SEO work to make that to make that happen?
1: I like to think that he saw it and was just like, "Oh, shucks, nothing breaks my way." <laughs> yeah, this poor guy, this
0: sad sack with a hot dog stand. Uh, he's actually playing. Uh, the bank, the, the Little League team uh, that he, that they're playing is the bank. And their coach comes up to him and says, like, God, buddy, I got some real sad news for you. Uh, it's bank related. And He's like, oh, can it wait? We got to play little kids sports games. So we're like, oh, my God, what could this be? What could the bad news from the bank be to the guy with the hot dog restaurant? And then while you're wondering and trying to figure that out as a viewer, an evil businessman climbs out of his limo to watch the Little League game, sinisterly
1: in, it's just, it's in an evil businessman
0: costume yes like he picked it up at walgreens on the way here uh the dirt bike is just kind of w- sneaking around the game just kind of putt putting around by itself it goes up behind the evil businessman and farts at him and did you guys uh put, have this in your notes oh yes
2: good <clears throat> good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah this, what a movie it's, it's a crowded baseball game and this this more the sentient motorcycle is driving itself around and it's nobody gives any notice to that it's
1: right see at, at this point in the movie uh initially after he went to the track and it was you know all about him being about all these races and the intro i thought this movie has to be about him winning him entering these races and winning enough money yeah. for his family or whatever and they didn't do that so then i was like okay we're going to a little league game against the evil bank so this is for some reason going to be like a little league movie and the movie doesn't yeah. do that
2: no also when you see that the motorcycle can fly very early on you think oh there's like a this is this is our Chekhov's gun here it's its ability to fly is going to like what wondrous adventure could you go on on a flying motorcycle doesn't want to uh, do not, that. That, doesn't, that doesn't
0: really come up no. again either
1: it doesn't want to do Never. any of the things that it tells you about <laughs>
0: The uh, the ump has I think been paid off. They don't make it explicitly clear, but like when Jack is at bat, he's really bad at baseball. But then the motorcycle's like vroom, boom, vroom. and he's like, "Oh, good, my motorcycle escaped from the you know the store." <laughs> and then it, he fucking inspires him to just crank it right. So then he like hits it an infield home run, and just as he's coming home, the catcher blocks the plate like just blatantly. Like any umpire would be like, "Okay, that's he made it. Give him the fucking run," but. This umpire says, I say it was out. The game is over. (laughs) Like really makes that sound because that's the type of movie this is where they were like, okay, this is the evil umpire. Um, Get me a call casting. Get me a guy that goes (laughs) when he talks and uh, we need an evil businessman. Best in the business. Mike Harumph. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, there's a guy later in the movie. He like works at the bank, the bank security guard. And when the motorcycle leaves the bank, he runs out to the sidewalk, throws his hat down and says, "And stay out. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it's just all perfect. Uh, I'm getting way ahead, though, uh, because that was the first time the motorbike went on a dirt bike rampage inside the bank. But I, we'll get to that. Um <laughs>
2: It's hard to take this in order. I, I've, I've violated that yeah. many times already
0: in this podcast. I get it. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll have Jamie splice it all together. With <laughs> yeah, we, need
2: this, we need you to cut this so it's chronological. We're going to need to watch the Dirt Bike Kid while you're editing.
1: Also, the running jokes and callbacks we've made so far. You'll need to splice those yeah. around so they make sense. She's, she's on it. This,
0: is, this should all sound perfect. Uh, so they they cut to the to after the game I, I don't even think they showed who no they did show who won i just said it because uh, the bad guys cheated and uh they won uh the the evil banker even goes up to the kid and he says hey you'll be a great bank manager someday because you're so evil and uh mike's doghouse is having like a an after party and they're just Throwing
1: food. Like it's food absolute fight. chaos. They say it that and when they just get there, having... we're missing the food fight. So he hosts an after game food yeah. fight for and all the children.
0: Just Every trashing game. that restaurant. Just, just utterly destroyed. trashing it. Right. And this is the stakes of the movie. This this total shit house, like at the edge of the suburbs that where children go to have food fights. So that no one in their right mind would ever buy a hot dog from this place. Uh this mm-hmm. is what we need to protect. Uh the bank calls him in the middle of the food fight, says you got a week, get the fuck out. We're gonna put a bank there, and right. Um, we're
1: not forkli We're putting a bank there again. Just the yeah. movie, like, well, knowing roughly what should happen, and it's like the bank does something. They yeah, want to put a banks, new right? bank it's, there.
2: They like, make banks. I mean, it, cause, yeah, this is it. It's in that little kid logic of the evil bank just wants to st- close down the restaurant out of spite or whatever, and that's like an evil scheme, but. Later on, it says they foreclosed on it, which would imply that they actually have a loan to that bank that the restaurant right. was started with a loan to the bank that they are not repaying because they're not selling enough hot dogs or they're they're just using them to be thrown around as projectiles <laughs> in the dining room, in which case, I'm sorry, but if that's true... The bank has every every right to close that restaurant. Otherwise, that guy is just literally stealing money from the right. villain of, of the, the film. If the capitalist
1: is here, fuck you. Yeah,
2: if you want the <laughs> system to work, you everyone has to follow the rules. And yeah, it's
1: now fuck the system. It, it hot dogs forever. To, to I'm on. I'm on team hot dog. A more against team business bank.
2: Business should have that piece of land. Someone who will will honor it with with profit.
1: I hope you get attacked by a dirt bike.
2: <laughs> as is the fate of every capitalist in this in this film.
1: <laughs> I have in my notes
0: that no one's reacting to this bike as it's just driving around by itself from the game to this food fight in broad daylight at the volume of a dirt bike. Uh, so again, I feel like this is just how a little kid looks at the world. And so none of this is happening. It's just a dream our protagonist is having. Um, the... Bank executive is now interviewing Jack's mom. Uh, the so she's coming in and he's gonna have her come into his own office and he dabs I, I have this in my notes, it's very fucking strange. He dabs his pulse points like like you would perfume, but with melted champagne bucket ice. <laughs> and <laughs> then smell and then smells it and yeah. does a little oh, smells his fingers like, oh yes, melted water from a metal bucket. It's very strange. Uh, he interviews Jack's mom and just is practically in her fucking lap. And while this is happening, uh, the dirt bike
1: is rampaging through the lobby of the bank. I just uh, want to pause and talk about the dirt bike's personality here. It's a fucking lunatic. Like The, the, bike, the bike just heard that Mike's doghouse, which it had no ties to, is going to be for, closed down by this, this bank. And it goes fucking nuts. It does a wheelie and immediately rampages straight to the bank to just destroy everything and attack everybody in it. And this is the bike's response to everything. If you say you're having a problem, the bike wants to kill it. The bike just will run towards it and kill it. It's just a barbarian. And it, you know, it rules. It rules this bike. It,
2: It rules because the writer of the movie, when you sat down and said, okay, we're going to make the, uh, we've given ourselves 48 hours to write this script. We know the movie we're making the template, right? It's going to, the, the, it's magical. What, what uh, dirt bike. Okay. Boom. Magical dirt bike kid. You'll know, gets the bike. Who, how's he get it? Uh, who cares? He buys it for 50 bucks. It's Jack and the Beanstalk. Fine. Um, and then the, the villain it's like, well, for some reason we didn't get the rights to like film a, a race. So he can't race it. Um, so what's what's a standard kids movie villain? You know, it's like well, if it's a dog movie, it'd be like the dog catcher. If it's anything else, it's like the evil bank. It's the '80s. You know, people are mad at banks; uh, interest rates are high. Well, so it's evil Rexhaven. banker. So then you're sitting down with your script. It's like, man, this is this is easy. You got your elements: single mom, you know, harried mom, you know, the, the down and out business owner, the bike. Now all I need to do over the next two days is just connect these things together. How would a sentient dirt bike take on an evil banker.
0: Dirt bike rampage in the bank lobby. (laughs) The bank,
2: I guess just attacks the the dirt bike. I guess just attacks the bank, which comes in the form of it. Just riding around and knocking stuff over in the lobby.
1: And chasing like people just going to the, like it chases the customers of the bank around, like to kill them. (laughs) It's just fucking barbarian rage. Dirt bike barbarian rage
2: to get from there to economic justice for the working man.
0: It, we'll I figure think they it did out. It. I yeah. argue they did it. So the bike, which again, might be very stupid, smashes down the door to the boss's office and like kills the model of the future bank. Uh, and I think he might've thought he did something there. He might've been like, aha, I, I did it. I killed the bank. Uh, that's, that's my theory. Uh anyway, his well, mom does it, not get the it, job no, it's a because the bike it doesn't know anything
2: about finance.
0: <laughs> we gotta go kill the and, bank. That's all it knows. And and to be clear, this does fuck up his mom's job interview because he's on the bike while this is all happening. And when they break into the office, he says, Mom. That that's it. That's his full line. Uh and so he's like, Wait, this is your mom? I'm not gonna give her the job because you and your dirt bike smashed up my bank. Fair and that's fair. fair, that's fair. I think that's that fair. Is- I've lost jobs. I lives. side with capitalism. So this, then the security guard does the thing I mentioned earlier, where he's like, and hey, stay out because it's a, just a perfect movie. And, um, so, so now Jack, God, what happens? Does he like sell it back to the bike shop guy? I, I have a big gap in my notes here. Uh, well, no, she, he, she he brings the, the bike back to him. He's like, Hey dude, sorry, the bike escaped. I'm bringing back the bike. Uh, you bought it from my mom for 50 bucks. Uh, and he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh and then he but before that, he offers him $50 for it. So I think this guy just offers $50 for dirt bikes. And he says, Hey, can I buy it back? He goes, sure, $50. Bucks. So this that's is my own. How theory much that, dirt like, bikes cost, man? <laughs> that like this is all through the view of, of a crazy child because it's like a number a child would throw out. Like, what's a bike cost? I don't know, $50. Bucks. Like that's a huge number how of money. How much do
1: groceries cost?
0: $50. Bucks. $50. 50 bucks. Everything's $50. Okay. Bucks. And, and
1: you buy and you sell for the same amount. Like mm. when you go to a store. Uh, so Uh, anyway, he gets a job. He gets a job is what happens next. And the dirt bike also gets a job so that they have a job together and they go around delivering packages from the motorcycle shop to all of the houses. And there are like dozens because everybody in this town has a sentient dirt bike and they they need parts from (laughs) delivered from the dirt bike store.
0: They took a sentient flying motorcycle and turned it into an unpaid delivery boy for like, 10 minutes of this
1: movie. Yeah, it goes around like he gives it the address, the bike drives there, delivers a package. This is the scene.
2: Yeah, to be clear, the uh, the owner of the place does seem to understand this is a sentient dirt bike. And he believes this is the way you can make the most profit (laughs) from a sentient dirt bike is saving you the minimum wage you would have to pay somebody. Which, by the way, I, I do have a feeling if you went to a small town, to a small town like motorcycle dealership, and you ordered like a muffler and, you, and you're and you like, okay, so now, now you're going to have your guy bring that by my house next week when it comes in. Right. I think the guy would just beat your ass. Like, I think, they're yeah. like, no, you have to come back here and get it. But what do you think yeah. we have somebody delivering dirt bike parts Dude. to people's homes on a dirt bike, <laughs> you know, on a dirt bike is what, what are you insane? How would that even work? How, it would be clearly illegal to send this child on a, on a not street legal vehicle um, but anyway, but, but, yeah, it's, it's efficient because the whole point is the kid goes off on foot to deliver some stuff while the bike goes off on its own. And in full broad daylight of all the neighbors, it drives itself around delivering that dirt, dirt bike parts to other unless that place is just a, a, a front for a meth selling operation, which now that I think about it makes far
0: more that sense, does make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's why there's uh, so yeah.
2: many packages to be delivered and why he doesn't want to do it himself. <laughs> it's
1: like, hell yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, you, you can't prosecute a sentient dirt bike. Mm-hmm. Right. No perfect crime. Not as an adult. <laughs> so yeah, the, even though
2: later in this in, in this film, they will yeah, literally do exactly, I, exactly what exactly. <laughs> people that have not seen <laughs> the dirt bike kid, they are literally going to do that later. They're he going was, to he was referencing It
0: yeah. was foreshadowing. I have in my notes here that he came home uh, and the mom is obviously upset that he has the dirt bike. She's like, what the fuck? I sold that dirt bike earlier. And he goes, yeah, I bought it back for a couple uh, chores. And he's like, did you get the job at the bank? I'm really sorry for fucking up your interview. And she's like, oh, Mr. Hodgkins wasn't inter- interested in my qualifications anyway. And Jack's like, wait, what does that mean? And the mom's like, oh, oh, never mind. He goes, And the kid's like, oh, oh, you mean sexual coercion. I got it. I got it. Like, he knows exactly what she means. And that's made clear to the viewer that that that's how 80s this is, yep. that like, children of nine or nine and 10 understand how bank interviews work.
2: Well, and that's also the benefits of having a pervert best friend.
0: That's true. You learn a lot of stuff early. Mm -hmm. We were talking shit about it earlier, but look at how handy it's come in. Perfect script. Uh, (laughs) uh, So let's see. Mr. Hodgkins has a woman over to his house. Who's as part of the interview process. uh, He's the evil banker and he is, Really, really gross, obviously. He's like draped all over her and she looks terrified. And Jack and the bike come to his door to say like, you know, hey, don't tear down the hot dog stand. And so they're there to cock block him again. So he really hates this this kid and the bike. And um, the woman tries to leave. Uh, she's like, oh, you guys got a lot to talk about. Yeah, she's, yeah she's, politely, she politely, she's like, politely
1: rejects him so far. She politely says like, oh, I'll just go ahead and take this opportunity to leave.
0: Right. And then uh, the evil banker summons what I I guess you'd call it a rape dog. And it's a dog that's just there to keep women trapped in that room.
1: Yeah, he sticks his dog on her and it chases her back into the room in which he is a prisoner so that he can molest her later. This is, again, a children's movie. This is the wacky. It's all played very wacky. Uh, He's just hamming it up like a cartoon. Only he is definitely going to molest this woman. It's scary. And plus, they've
0: established this character of the little boy knows exactly what's going on here. Now, how does the woman get out of this situation, guys?
1: Uh, She uses a wine (laughs) bottle to break the window and crawl out over the glass and flee into the woods.
2: And what does the guy say when he discovers that she has left through a broken window? Let me get my
1: banker voice on. I gotta get bars on these windows. (laughs)
2: That he before that he says, That's the second one today. That's the second one today, and then says, Yeah, I've got to get bars for these windows. That's the second whop,
1: one. Today. Whop, that's I almost line. got her
2: again. This is a children's movie about a sentient magical motorcycle that befriends a small child. And the fact that this guy has a literal like rape dungeon in his home. That's not the villainous thing he's doing. He's going to get his comeuppance. He's going to get his comeuppance for trying to close the hot dog stand. His punishment later is that the hot dog stand is going to remain open. He's not going to go to jail for being a a lifelong rapist who has built his life around you know like imprisoning women. That's just his wacky personality. The same as like the horn dog little kid or the hot dog store owner, who's you know, a schlub or the motorcycle who's a maniac. Like it's just a part of his personality and it's not commented on aside from just the slapstick nature of man. Isn't it funny how, how over the top rapey this guy is? Man,
1: eighties were a nightmare. The fact that you released this movie and said, this is a children's <laughs> movie and like a mob didn't come for you. Yeah. It's just like, w- this should be a famous incident in textbooks, in like film school. This is why you have to be careful. I've got to put bars on these windows. So Jack's trying to teach the dirt bike
0: about uh, manners, and the biker gang finds him again, again, just emerging from the woods, and they're going to kill him.
1: Literally, they they emerge their woods alongside. He pulled up to this guy's house. He's in the yard of this guy's house. They could pull up to the street right in front of him. They pull up from the woods. He just emerged from the woods. I have fucking no idea why. They're just, they're Robin Hood bikers. And
0: um, then he escapes that uh, very short chase. And then he puts on a suit and takes the dirt bike to the board of directors meeting uh, because... I was so disappointed they, he didn't put a
1: little suit on that dirt bike. Yeah,
0: that's a real fucking missed opportunity. Uh, and then it cuts to the board meeting and they, the first order of business is a vote to keep oppressing women. <laughs> like, gentlemen. <laughs> We're gonna keep the women out right and they're all like all in favor aye. ha ha ha
1: like that's in the movie. Uh, so what again is not is not the central conceit. it is not yes. what it is not what makes him villainous. this is like side villainy it's just yeah, like that, he's that is not the problem
2: villain. anyone is trying to solve. to be clear, at the end of this film, that guy will still have his rape dungeon and everything else. The and, only mm-hmm, problem yes. they're trying to solve is that he wants to close this failing hot dog business being run by someone who is presumably as bad at running a restaurant as he is at, at coaching.
0: Literally like he talks. Yeah. So, um, the secretary comes in and says, Hey, board of directors meeting, the little boy is here to, uh, meet with you. And they're like, what the fuck? Get him out of here. And, um, she's like, Oh, that's really disappointing. Cause she seems to know that he made a promise to the boy earlier to do this. I don't know how, but, um, I think the writer forgot that this character doesn't know that. And so they're told not up. To, they're not going to meet you with you. And guess how the uh, dirt bike solves this dirt bike rampage through the bank.
1: Fucking barbarian <laughs> rages. Again, the second time in this movie that a dirt bike just wrecks up a bank.
2: Because again, yeah. I want you to imagine the screenwriter they're now say 22 hours into their writing process and i don't want to make i don't want to make the old joke about how like every screenwriter was on cocaine back then but you you, you Wait, can kind of see the cocaine thinking here or at least the approaching deadline panic it's like uh, yeah. it just rides around and, and wreaks havoc in the in the bank lobby again it, it's like there are so it many things the model again. you yeah. can do with a flying sentient dirt bike and they really wrote the one plot that kind of doesn't allow it to do anything. It's got dirt right. bike
1: rage.
2: Like make it so that the plot is you have to transport something somewhere. Make it so that you're it's a chase and you have to get away from it. Like you have to get from here. The kid's got to go from this town to this other town, two states away where his dad now, is, now lives and the biker gang is chasing him. It's like, no, 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 no. It's it's, it's, it's all so about this crazy, financial man. situation. Magical
1: dirt bike, Smokey and the Bandit, but for kids, hell yeah.
2: Yeah, and it can fly and has to get him, get him across a river at some point where he thinks he's doomed, and that's when you find out it can fly because the, the biker gang's chasing him down and the bridge is out and then it flies him over. Like, if you, if you sit down... With, Writing it yeah, all down. You got a flying <laughs> motorcycle that can think and is intelligent and can, and can run itself like independently. There's lots of things you could you would like to think you can do, but,
1: but it's it's hampered by its crippling anger management issues.
2: Well, also what does remind me again? I, I, maybe the movie makes this clear. Maybe this is an unfair criticism. Why does the dirt bike care about this restaurant?
1: There's no reason given. It, it, Uh, it heard the child at the start say, I can't believe they're going to close Mike's doghouse. And the bike is just like, fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck capitalism. (laughs) Fuck America. I'm burning this motherfucker down. And then it does. It does exactly that.
2: It couldn't and the hot dog restaurant, couldn't move to a more affordable location or relocate or something. Uh, Okay.
0: Change their food throwing policy (laughs) to be more inviting. Uh, Anyway, but that's so, but the board of directors, it works. Like, they're like, Hey, let's hear what the kid has to say. And like within just one jump cut, they're like, all right, we're going to save the restaurant. Uh, in in what way computer, are they going to
2: redo his loan? Are they going to change the terms of the loan? They're going to loan him more money? Like what? No, or, they're
0: going to use their computer to find a different location. He already t- he's going to tell the computer to do it.
2: So, are they That's, using eminent domain to seize the the property? That
0: is not made clear. Okay, but it uh, it is made clear. There's no option. You can't be like, hey, can I pay back some? You know interest or something. It's just like, no, we're the bank. And if we want, we can just take a building and turn it into a bank.
2: And Because this was back when the bank was owned by just a guy, a guy in town owned the bank. It wasn't like Bank of America. It was just a guy who ran the bank literally same as owning a hot dog stand. Like It was just his his personal yeah, bank. Yeah,
1: Hodgkin's Bank. His name is yeah. Hodgkin's. This is his bank. There was like a board of directors and everything, though. Yeah. I mean, this was a Which chain is, of banks. Yeah, these are conflict... Because again, an insane child wrote all of this with an understanding of the adult world that he had only like gleaned from randomly flipping through channels on TV. Okay. Now hold,
2: I'm sorry, but hold on. You guys is your theory that this, uh, that this is all taking place in his imagination. Mm-hmm. That child w- in was not present for the rape dungeon scene. So you're saying that that was part of the dream he had that the, that the local bank bank president has a, he,
1: he was at he the was door. The, he
0: was at the front door during that scene. So he, okay. I guess, imagined what was
1: happening behind the door. And then imagines okay. that he did nothing about it.
2: And, and, <laughs> yes. Imagined that he didn't then, care.
1: That he blinked at her very next and ignored scene, her.
0: <laughs> after he saved the, the hot dog place without any explanation, uh, it cuts to them having a victory party at the hot dog restaurant where he's inside on the dirt bike. No one has a problem with that. And the whole restaurant is chanting his name. I, I feel like that didn't happen. I feel yeah. like none of this is happening.
1: He is definitely uh, and then of course dying it cuts to the bank tearing down the restaurant. He he he's definitely just... slid that that dirt bike in traffic and it's it's dying pinned beneath it, <laughs> and this is what he's thinking of.
0: Now, here's where like they tried to sort of find a thread of of reason where uh they cut to the bank tearing down the restaurant and He's like, hey, dude, I thought you said you were going to do this. And then the bad guy's like, right, I, the computer said it's the only spot. And then Jack was like, well, I got an A in computer science. Maybe I can, like, use your computer and find a different location. And uh, he's like, obviously, no. But, um, so Jack uh, solves it the way he solves everything with the dirt bike rampage. He grabs a construction trailer and just throws it into traffic where it immediately smashes into cars and uh, causes a cop to crash. And uh, the same cop earlier, <laughs> uh, and so now we have another police chase where the kid is just completely here's,
1: broad daylight committing felonies. Here's my my favorite thought exercise: if you just replace a person with this dirt bike and like have it do all of the same things, this is a movie about a complete fucking maniac whose rage yeah. is just ruining his life and ev- everyone's around him. Yeah, that's First Blood. You made First Blood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, he escapes this police chase by flying but he didn't really have to he he like jumped over a car carrier and then the cop got stuck on it and then the dirt bike just flew away whereas he could have of course just landed the jump and ridden away but um, that's it then they fly around there's just sightseeing he gets home just in time for the cops to arrive at his home because Everyone knows his fucking name. It's there's no mystery about who's doing all this.
2: Yeah. So the flying uh, again accomplished. I'll make it clear. Accomplished nothing, nothing because nothing. the police like it's, it's a modern world with telecommunications and, and addresses listed people like, yeah, well, he's a, he's a little kid. What's he going to do? It fly to Mexico. It's like, no, he's,
0: <laughs> so they got, uh, the local bank regional managers there with the police in his limo as is standard procedure, Uh, They start to take the bike, and the mom's like, hey, you can't take my son's bike just for 15 dirt bike rampages. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And again, everyone's perfectly fine interacting with and discussing the dirt bike as if it's alive. Like, The dirt bike doesn't want to go. They arrest the dirt bike. Yeah, he he actually resists.
1: The businessman rolls out of his limo, Hodgkins, and he says, arrest that dirt bike. And the cops are like, yes. They take the dirt bike into custody. They arrest and convict the dirt bike, and then put the dirt bike in a jail cell and close the doors as the dirt bike mm-hmm. makes very sad eyes.
2: Um,
1: Three counts of nine eleven.
2: This is. <laughs> dirt bike is sentenced to a seventeen-year sentence. It will not be released until September eleventh, two thousand and one. Um, <laughs> the, the this is why. Listeners, this is why Sean and/or Brockway, whichever one said it earlier, thought that this movie might be like self-aware, like it might be making fun of mm-hmm. this genre of movie, even though it's not very far into. Like that, there were many more movies like this made after than before.
1: Right, it's like a parody that starts now and parodies shit that we did after.
2: Yeah, because it because this scene almost seems like they know how dumb it is. They have to. Now, my personal belief is that if you are writing the script, at f- you're now, it's four in the morning and you have to have it in by 8 a.m. to whoever. Um, and this is where you just type, they arrest the dirt bike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? We'll figure this out later. Period. At this point, the cocaine is becoming diarrhea and you've got to just get this
1: shit finished. They. Oh, this is will come in important later. They do set the dirt bikes bail at. That's true. A hundred dollars. Not too bad. That's, <laughs> that's double 250s. the highest number
0: from earlier. Yeah, that's too And he
1: says the kid says we'll never come up with that kind of money. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> he knows fifty dollars is the value of like half an afternoon of chores
1: and a dirt bike like, and groceries.
0: Right. And this yeah, is this is store. twice that. You're right. That's too much. Uh, so the bank secretary uh, from earlier, the, the coach of the bank's little league team, uh, she paid the bail for the bike and the bike is happy to be free. Uh, and then Mike asks her out on a coffee date, which does not go well. He bitches and moans the entire time. And then they get inspired to like really go help the restaurant. He, he remembers all the cliches about what the tough do when the going gets tough And that seems to be enough for both of them. They're like, yes, we got it now. Now we can go save it. Uh, God, what happens now? The
1: bike sneaks off to the construction site and tells the bulldozer to knock over a fence? Well, they they released the bike, and the first thing this bike does immediately, Mm -hmm. books ass straight from the police station right back to the doghouse, which they have built construction around. And he rams a bulldozer so hard that it, it activates and drives into a fence and knocks it down. And that's like what they can yeah, see this... as destroying the construction site. And then he gets in a tearful fight with the dirt bike. And this is the, I don't even want you, you get out of here. And he sends the dirt bike away and the dirt bike look back at him and then storms off. You know, this minor damage to the
0: temporary fencing is like the fucking end for Mr. Hodgkins. He is vowing double revenge on that bike. Now, uh, so anyway, the, the kid breaks up with the bike. Uh, they, they just burn too hot. Their romance it burned too hot. Uh, but the bike came back and uh, went outside of Jack's room and started hacking his computer with his motorbike powers. Uh,
1: no, 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 not quite. The bike ran off into the forest to pout. And, he, and the right. kid was sleeping, pouting and crying at home because he misses his dirt bike so much. And then the bike is so overcome with rage that it howls, which it does by revving a lot. And the, the howl of the mad dirt bike is what begins to hack the bank's website. I didn't skip anything. The dirt bike oh. howls with rage in the forest. And then the kid's computer turns on and a little pixelated dirt bike appears on it. And it begins hacking. That's the jump oh, we made. That's it.
0: Okay. That is an interesting interpretation. I thought he like was hacking it with motorcycle powers, but that, that does make sense that a motorbike scream would cause software to program itself to be a hacking dirt bike inside a child's For computer. the
1: proof we are given within the movie and the scenes we are shown, I think both interpretations are valid.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Um, the kid gets inspired by this. He's like, that's a great idea. I'll hack the bank. It doesn't work. So he come to quick clear. Yeah. The bike is not successfully hacked. I don't
1: think, he, I don't think he, the bike
0: is trying to hack the bank. I think he was just sending the message to the, to the kid. Hey, hack the bank. He just sent him bank clip art logo, clip art of phone lines, and then do those two things. And the kid's like, I got it. I'll hack the bank. So uh, he breaks into the school to use their computer because their computers are better. And they instantly dial into the bank's online software UI and they have to guess the password and he's there with Bo and he's like, I got it. Try greedy. Didn't work. Uh, so their plan was just to guess random bank related passwords, uh, to find out why their algorithm chose Mike's store as the spot for the bank. That's the end game. Like if everything goes according to plan, they will now know why they want Mike's spot. Uh, so at best they'll find a geological survey or like a foot traffic chart or something. I don't know what, <laughs> what they're going to get out of this. And, um, the bikers now show up with Jack's bully to the limo that's just outside and they're like, hey, we're gonna help you catch that bike. Uh so like just to let you know that all of the evil forces in the movie are now teaming yeah, the up. They didn't explain him. that, it just it just happened. Um, the password ends up being Scrooge, like they just kept putting in stuff like greedy, money. Uh no, uh, it's the Scrooge. name of
1: his molesting dog.
0: Okay, perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the name <laughs> Of course, he, the kid, because he was present and did not help the victim, knew that the vicious dog he uses to corner uh, poor captive women into his dungeon uh, mm-hmm. would be the banker's password, which is Scrooge. I'm really glad to hear because
0: uh, that's a I blew it for missing that. I, I just I mean, completely I I've, I study
1: screenwriting, so yeah, yeah I know no, when how formatting goes. I know this callback. Right. So he's in. He's remotely accessed all the bank's files on a 1985
0: phone link uh, by guessing uh, the name of the pet of the regional manager of the bank. So he finds uh, a list of addresses. That's all this is. They show the screen and he goes, it just doesn't make sense. And then Bo takes over and just starts adding money to accounts. He gives himself 11 cents and then he gives Old Widow White a million dollars. So that's what's going on. Like they they could just do that. Uh, This is a hacking movie now. The kid now figures out like, wait a second, he's trying to sell that specific piece of land because he has tricked the bank into thinking he owns it. So when they sell it, he'll get the money. It's a, it's very, very poorly explained. Uh, I'm not sure we're supposed to get it, but I, it doesn't seem like a
1: real estate scheme. It's at the the very least real estate fraud somehow. Like he's, it's depicted as like embezzling a real estate fraud. It's a white collar crime. That yeah. he's manipulating. But they really him, yada yada yeah. through it.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're supposed to care. Uh but it, it does show that he only has twelve hundred dollars in his checking account, but he'll get five hundred thousand dollars if this deal goes through. So that's um something. I don't I feel like that's the whole value of the property. So they came so up I with don't know by why. typing
1: fifty and then just adding zeros until they were like, whoa. Exactly. They're like, that's but, too many.
0: But
2: they want the property put to put a second branch of the bank
0: Mm -hmm. so how does that personally profit the that's what's not made clear it's some sort of a scheme where he is going to end up getting the money through like the real estate and and again it sounds like i'm leaving something out but i'm not sure i am like it it's not a real scheme as far as i know maybe maybe someone is an expert on the dirt by kid and financial crimes but oh that's me and you're right (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, that's it. The the guy's fully broke. Uh, It doesn't explain how he lives in such a nice house and can get multiple windows replaced every day from sex assault victim escapes. Uh, It cuts to the widow white withdrawing a million dollars in cash just in a shopping cart because that's that's what a little kid would imagine someone doing with a million dollars. And none of this is happening. Uh, The biker gang finds Jack and uh, do you guys have in your notes what they say when they see
1: the little boy? Uh, I'm going to bounce. I'm looking forward to bouncing up and down on your face.
0: That's uh, almost word for word. Yeah.
1: Uh, Just a weird So they decide to set trend. him on
0: fire. They pick him up. They're like, uh, we're going to kill him, cut his face off. And then, like, let's set him on fire. But the dirt bike rescues them. Uh, kid punches the biker in the face, gets in the dirt bike. Boom. He's gone.
2: Don't. Uh, uh, okay. I, I, I feel like you skipped over that very quickly. To be clear, in this children's film, the danger that this child is in is that this adult biker gang is going to burn him alive. It's going to
1: set him right. on fire. Only because they they rejected like cutting his face off and just stomping him and then they're
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because the evil banker and the child's young child bully, they hired this biker gang to burn the
0: child alive. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So he can have the hot dog. Rest. I'm actually not. Clear. So he can get five hundred
0: thousand dollars in some sort of a scheme, some sort of a paperwork in, and error scheme,
1: hot dog themed real estate fraud scheme. Right. What? Yeah. Uh, perfectly clear. Another chase
0: scene. Uh, at this point in the movie, that it's it's getting harder and harder to disguise the stuntman. So <laughs> it just looks like a full grown man on the dirt bike.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe the, we yeah, wouldn't the have child, noticed on a VHS. The child is like four I, foot six. And this is like a yeah. six foot two man just in full close up right there showing him just ripping ass, just absolutely ripping ass on his dirt bike.
2: I mean, it's got the name of the motorcycle, the stunt double on IMDb. I think you could look up the guy if you wanted to probably to see the actual adult man they they used. But, yeah, it's clearly a, it's clearly a full adult like they and I get it. Like of your motorcycle stunt people, if you say like, well, we need a child sized motorcycle motorcycle. Stunt driver, that's probably not super easy to
0: get. If you it seems are so weird that a jockey wouldn't also like dabble in motorcycle stunts, like, is that really to take up your whole day when you're a jockey? <laughs> I, I can't even tell. The if same that's skill set, what, clearly. What we just said there, I, I... But they spend their day riding on horses, it can't be that different. Steal, they're steel horses. Bon Jovi said, they can't just be sneaking into your home repairing your shoes all fucking day. All right, we hey, are getting. I offensive.
2: have a question, Robert. Not not to. I, I know we're we're running. Uh, we're, we're running short for one of my episodes. Oh, oh this is completely <laughs> Bro-
1: going to be a two hour podcast on the fucking dirt bike kid.
2: Yeah, well, a movie, again, a movie that's only like seventy eight <laughs> minutes long. Yeah,
0: we're officially approaching like the running time of the film in, in two minutes. Yeah.
2: Okay, Robert, you you're a motorcycle rider. You st- you still do that, don't you? Yeah. If among your motorcycle friends, if you referred to it as a steel horse, do they think that's cool or would they think that's nerdy?
1: Uh, all of my many motorcycle friends uh, who are all real and exist, uh, they, they're all Canadian and they love it. They love it when I, when I, I call it my steel horse.
0: I believe uh, Bon Jovi owns that phrase and it's definitely a tour bus. A steel horse is a rock and roll band tour bus. See, I always assumed it was a motorcycle.
2: That is ridiculous. If, I'm sorry. If you, <laughs> are if there's anyone now. listening, if there's Three anyone listening podcasts. to this who is a musician who has toured, if you refer to the tour bus as the steel horse, if you, if you mm-hmm. tell the, the rest of the band, okay, guys, go go mount the steel horse, I, I think they will. you will stop being a band at that moment. <laughs> I think they will quit the band and they will they will
0: take an Uber home. <laughs> There's an interview with Bon Jovi where he was like, yeah, we had this idea that we were like cowboys and like our microphones who our guns. Uh, and you you can see him in the middle of saying it out loud, just bailing on the idea and being so embarrassed.
1: <laughs> nope, nope. This was really cool when I was like, drunk.
0: Yeah, yeah. This made so much sense when I was upright in the dirt bike kid.
2: It's so weird because um, I'm picturing – a music video for that song John, that involves John Bon Jovi like on a motorcycle. It, but is Yeah, I'd I
1: picture that too, but that could just be that like, I, I was so sure that's what he meant that I am retroactively inserting it. See, now with that Sean says that's, <clears throat> that the steel horse is the tour bus, I'm picturing him mounting on top of the tour bus like it's a horse. Yeah, yeah absolutely. With like his yeah. legs on either side and they got little, little reins and going, yeah!
2: Okay, alright, back to the movie. I, sorry. I just,
0: oh, right. Um, at this point they're, they're tearing down the hot dog stand. They're having a big like demolition party. And so the little league starts to disrupt it because the bike isn't there yet because it's being like pursued by the bikers and it's dumping them into the lake on this elaborate chase. So the little league starts throwing pies and, uh, I guess there's a city ordinance that you can't allow destruction of a building within 300 meters of a food fight, so like they're just fucked. They're like, "Oh, what are we going to do?" Uh, hold on,
2: and just just a moment cuz I think the listeners are saying, "Where did they why did they suddenly have
1: dozens of pies? Where did they get a, a groundbreaking whole bunch of pies?" Party. You bring a lot of pies. Yeah, okay. I think they just had the pies there. It was
2: a it was an event to tear down an old restaurant that is not a yeah. pie restaurant. It's not a bakery. And someone they, uncovers
0: a huge cart with full of like enough pies for 500 people. Yep. There was a fraternity nearby that was doing a fundraising scheme and the pies (laughs) were covering up revenge porn. And that's uh, why all all the pies were there. Uh, Illegally uh, taken from surveillance footage. So they illegally surveilled uh, a sorority and took naked pictures of the women, put that on the bottom of the pie. Uh, And when I say pie, it was just whipped cream uh, in a a tin.
2: The listeners Uh, who have not seen Revenge of the Nerds, which I'm going to bet is actually most of them, yeah, that's I think pain. you have had a stroke.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm worried that they they after everything we've said about this movie, they're like, uh-huh. And, and <laughs> next. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a different movie. I got my 80s movies
0: mixed up, sorry. But
1: that did happen uh, in an 80s movie because it was all did, a nightmare. Real.
0: It was all a nightmare. So the uh, dirt bike shows up as the uh, bulldozer is about to drive over the hot dog restaurant and just Goes head to head with the fucking bulldozer. There's a fucking bike what is what I dozer. swear to
1: God is a fist fight between a dirt bike and a bulldozer. It's it's wonderful. It all came down to
0: this: all the flying around, the bikers. It all comes down to just which is stronger: a dirt bike or a bulldozer. Uh then uh, Jack and the bike. They abduct the banker. They throw him on the back yeah, of they the seat. Forcibly um,
1: mount him on the dirt bike mm-hmm, somehow, and uh, then um, they take him out to punish him. With rad dirt biking, this is the yeah. extent of. I'm not leaving anything out. The plan is to forcibly mount the banker on a dirt bike and then just have a lot of fun dirt biking until mm-hmm. he gets like he gets radical poisoning and just gives up because they they take him to the track. They do a bunch of sick jumps and he just the whole time he's like, "Oh no, I'm dying! This is how you kill radness a banker." Radness hurts the
0: evil. Yeah, a banker can get really poisoned by radness.
1: Yes, it's and- not like
0: when you and i experience radness
1: right it's the the anti-rad and so it's like it's like blood poisoning to them
2: it would be like exactly. if a different wrestler tried to ingest hulkamania
1: yeah right
0: like yeah, so they'd have exploded. a
2: stroke on the spot like that's not the way it. yeah that's not that's not the way it not the way it works and again to to go back to the screenwriting process here now you're writing a finale of this film where you realize like it is much too late to go back and rewrite this so that it is instead of a dirt bike, it's about a talking, uh, chimpanzee or an alien or anything else that would make more right. sense than this, a child, you know, his invisible friend, a robot, a robot would have been good. It could have hacked into the bank. It chimpanzee the bank robot.
1: That would have it been amazing.
2: Have, yeah. Um, any of literally, literally anything but a dirt bike would have made this plot easier and at the end, this poor screenwriter has painted him or herself into a corner and realized, like, I've, I'm literally in the cab on the way to the office to turn the script in. <laughs> and I'm trying to write a finale. And it's like, how? We now have to make the bank president relent on his plan using only the power of an extremely irrational and angry dirt bike. <laughs> And And I did
1: this. My mind did this to me. (laughs) And it's just,
2: he winds up stuck on the back of it somehow. And they just ride around while he screams comically the whole time. And they, they have, he gets hit in the face with a pie so that they can have a stunt man with the whipped cream on his face. So you can't tell it's it's not the same
0: guy. Um, it's easily the longest sequence of the movie. It it's goes like on 20 minutes long. a
2: very long time because they also realized his script is only like 55 pages at this point yeah. and you're trying to get a feature length film out of it. And there's, and there's one page that's like he jerks off the bike for six minutes, you know, so <laughs> it's not going to be enough.
1: Look, we'll and, film this, but you're clearly fired. And we'll, I think he wrote that out for six pages
0: of the screenplay, like Jack enters interior night woodshed. He gets a soapy, bubbly mess and froths it upon the flaccid penis of the motorcycle. <laughs> the, Six pages of that. The,
2: the yeah, the fender, or as any of you, know, like Brockway's biker friends, will tell you, that is known as the penis. <laughs> of the yes, that is the penis of the motorcycle. That's why we,
1: the bigger the man, the bigger the fender. Um,
2: so yeah, and that's how they ultimately solve the problem. That's the climax because. You, you wrote you wrote it in such a way that it cannot end on a bike race. You've not set up any of that. It cannot end on a bike chase right. to like try to get the money to the bank in time for the deadline. Oh, my gosh. Banks going to close in five minutes. How are we going to get there? There's all this traffic. Oh, yeah. oh the flying a motorcycle. Flying dirt bike. It's going to get us there with the money at the last minute, and it'll be wacky. There'll be car accidents and stuff, and it'll be a chase and the wacky cops. No, no, no. They, they didn't set up any of that. Any problem that an, an actual would be in the wheelhouse of a dirt bike to solve. <laughs> and so nope, this, they is, dirt bike yeah, this him.
1: is dirt bike him into is, submission. Yeah. They blackmail
0: him and threaten him. Sort of. It's sort of the with, fifth or sixth time. They've more done that dirt to this biking, character though. Yes. More dirt biking. Definitely. Yeah. That's, now, that's what really convinces him.
2: Yeah. Now I will say in the moment, I was 100% convinced that this would be resolved with a third Bank right <laughs> rampage, yes, <Yeah. laughs> motorbike rampage, yeah. but they did they did decide by that point they did have to to mix it up.
0: Right, uh, I would have preferred the uh, dirt bike rampage, but this is this was fine. I really they liked it. Uh, it was almost <laughs> like if you've seen uh, Death Proof, where it's just like half of the movie is just sort of this like extended stunt to the point where you're like. Mm-hmm what are you doing here, guys? Like, that's what it's like. Like the, the stunt goes on so long and it's kind of dangerous. Like they're going pretty fast on an actual dirt bike track. It does switch to a dummy a couple times, which I definitely would have noticed on, uh, wouldn't have noticed on VHS, but, um, but yeah, HD, uh, like you can sure see it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clearly a dummy a couple times, but, uh, very much a, quite a stunt. And again, the. Uh, the, the stuntman always pops a wheelie when he's approaching camera to try to hide his face behind the behind the motorcycle like it's a really competent movie we're making it sound insane but like it you can be competent
1: and insane
0: yes that's very much oh, how most 80s movies 80s movies were
2: this movie had a budget there's straight mm-hmm. up accidents there's car accidents car wrecks yep. there's car stunts tons of motorcycle work this movie cost money to make this is not some it's not like the the direct to streaming carefully you see where somebody shot it on their phone
1: lovingly shot uh fender erection from start from <laughs> softness to to complete erection yeah i yeah. mean that's it's not it's a cheap. straight
2: up special effect it's it's an actual thing and like the the motorcycle has articulated headlights that had to be operated probably with the little motors back there the remote controlled no this was a movie that cost you know as much as Any movie you'd see at the time, it looks like a mainstream release. It stars the kid from a Christmas story. This came out after that.
0: And the, and almost Goldie Hawn. I mean, it's quite a thing, but, uh, it it all works. Uh, it all works out. He says, okay, I I won't do it. I won't, uh, (laughs) I, I won't crush the hot dog restaurant. And then the bike, uh, just leaves. Like the kid realizes, Oh, the magic is gone.
1: The bike, Uh, as far as he's concerned, the bike has done its job and it dies. As far as the kid knows, it's just the lights. You literally see (laughs) the lights in its eyes go out. (laughs) And then the kid's like, oh, the magic's gone. My friend's dead. So.
2: Which happens because that's how these movies end. When the writer sat down with the template, like it ends with the emotional farewell. Mm Mm-hmm. Only they didn't have that, again, built into the story. Like, well, why would the bike die? Does it crash itself? Does it sacrifice itself? Does it what? Like, what? why does it? And it's, it's like, no, my job's done. <laughs> I only existed as a sentient being to save this failing hot dog restaurant.
0: Right. So well, it did show up have before to that. Around it, it. Discovered, it, it imprinted on the boy. Then later the boy ran into this hot dog problem. And the motorcycle's like, okay.
1: I'm gonna solve this and die. This is this is what I'm for. <laughs> I exist to save a hot dog stand from a sexual predator.
2: Yeah, but again, we're not. We don't have a problem with the sexual predation. No, it's we not... don't.
1: To be clear, the this is the wrap up stage of the movie. Nobody has even addressed that as a problem. Nobody's even been like, "Hey, that's kind of gross." Everybody's just like, "Yeah, yeah great." That's what you. That's what you do if you want a job at the bank. You. You got to bang the evil guy.
0: That's standard 80s stuff. Uh, so the, everything's forgiven. The, the The cops don't care that this child committed all these felonies because he saved a hot dog stand. And we now cut very far into the future. As far as I can tell, like the kids are the exact same age. But Bo now has two like post pubescent girlfriends. Yeah, the, the uh, implied three way. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, Maisie, the the bank secretary that was going out with the Schlub Little League coach, is pregnant, very pregnant, at least seven months pregnant, with a big shirt on, a pullover that says Mike's pointing to her very pregnant tummy. <laughs> Which is tummy. a
1: fucking crazy thing to ask your wife to wear. <laughs> yes.
0: So she's either lying about it being his baby or they got pregnant, like in the very, very last scene of what we were looking at, like at the pie fight they fucked and got pregnant. Uh, because that's the only way it would work, and have these kids still be the same age. Like, anyway, Hodgkins arrives in a limo at the grand reopening of the hot dog restaurants, and you're like, "Oh, here's the evil banker coming to like be upset." No, no, no. He's been blackmailed into uh, performing in a hot dog costume. Uh, so it's really it kind of wrapped up everybody's character arc. Even the biker is there, like working as a
1: assistant to the Well hold on it, to the banker it zooms out and we revealed that the way that they have solved this problem is they still built the bank just directly on the lot behind the hot dog stand. So, right. the evil banker has to come and announce We're at the opening of Mike's hot dogs. At Mike's doghouse. But to be clear, they did not thwart him. So his his evil illegal scheme to get the to manipulate the bank into buying his property they let him do it. They let him have it. Right. Uh nobody and He now theoretically has 500,000. dollars Yeah, he got away with it. He it succeeded. He got his money. He's got to do something a little bit embarrassing, but what does he care? He still has a a dungeon that he uses to kidnap women. Uh and none of this is addressed and he learns very little from it.
0: Very little. There is some comeuppance for the biker because he has a stuffy desk job and The hot dog man says, hey, no, hand it over. And the guy has to take off his clip-on earring and give it to him. So, like, the biker, like, lost all of his clip-on earring personality. The biker lost his biking
1: spirit. And that's uh, how you make a banker. That's how you make a banker. There's a banker born that day. Uh,
0: And then the bike leaves with another kid. And the mom's like, hey, that fucking kid is taking your bike.
1: And Jack's like, no, no, mom, it's okay. He's where he needs to be yeah the because the mysterious old man once again like they pan over to show you that nobody's behind there and then he emerges from yeah. a pillar it's this isn't the guy that runs like the motorcycle store this is an unexplained old man and he comes in to just say like well that's a very special bike and then like leer uh, <laughs> nobody's unless, like hey get the fuck out of here
2: is he the bike's master is he a wizard that gave it its powers what's his uh, relationship they did, yeah. Today you would have to explain it, and, and a movie made in 1985, like no,
1: it's it's. Yeah. And then the uh, child races the the new child races his magic furious uh, anger issue bike having fucking dirt bike out of there and uh, does my favorite thing of an 80s movie, which is they freeze frame on a high five. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Every movie should still end. I mean, every Jackie Chan movie ends with a freeze frame on a high five.
2: Now here's where I think it's when you're watching the credits and do we know what does that same song play over the credits or is there some 80 other I think it's still standing
1: at the edge of love. Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
2: Here's where you, you're kind of pondering some things to yourself, which is could the kid have solved all of these problems with no help from the motorcycle? Like, like, was there anything that the dirt bike did in terms of, you know, because ultimately he solves the problem by uncovering the evil scheme of mm-hmm. the bank guy, which he could have simply have threatened to go on public with and right. used that to blackmail him, which is effectively what they did. Wait, and yeah, all the stuff, all the chaos bike. in the multiple like bank lobby rampages by the motorcycle. I don't feel like really impacted anything at all. As Not long all. as the kid got the idea somehow to get into their bank, which he, easily had the ability to do all he had to do is use one of the school computers
0: and guess a seven a seven character password also if he goes public with that uh, information and they like vet the bank's records they will probably notice that uh, there was an entry made from a, a grade school and uh, an old woman was given a million dollars along with one child of, of 13 cents uh, or 11 cents whatever it was so there's they will lead only to a paper trail of of massive financial fraud to themselves. Just like, so throwing the it dirt, out there. The, okay, the movie but the doesn't dirt bike work.
1: then becomes the perfect distraction. Now, nobody is going to mm-hmm. look for this because there was a sentient, barbarian, rampaging dirt bike madman who just fucking tore that town to pieces.
0: My pushback on that is that no one seemed to give a shit <laughs> that it was happening. I mean, it, was just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> It might have been the first time that happened. Maybe they live in a universe where there's lots of rampaging motorcycles. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, that's that's what's so great about it is because it's never established how you because the kid, you know, again, he's a perfectly fine kid actor. Obviously, you saw him in a Christmas story. I assume everybody's seen that movie. Mm-hmm. But at no point is he very surprised to find out that his motorcycle is alive, which I guess if you took it from the point of view of like, well, you know, little kids kind of live in a whimsical world. So maybe they would, a little kid that age would just accept it. But then it should be like a central plot point. Cause in all of these movies, that's a core thing. It's like trying to hide it from the grownups. Like that was E.T., remember that put, put him in the wacky costume and Halloween to, you know, so right. the grownups would know. And that's, that's a staple of this, Like that should have been in your little template, your screenwriter template should have been in there. It's like, oh, there's got to be a wacky thing where he has to hide the fact that the motorcycle is alive and pretend that he's the one writing it. But at some point they realized they just didn't have a plan for one of those scenes. So everyone kind of just plays it like they kind of get that it's sentient, but they, like no one remarks on it.
0: Yeah, then no one cares. The whole movie. I kept waiting for somebody to just even do a single gag about it. Just like, what? What? Or have like a hobo like look at it, look down, at this bottle and like throw the bottle away. Like ah, oh, that's too much of that. I'm seeing
1: sentient dirt bikes. This should have absolutely should have been that scene in this movie. It yeah, completely it's completely crazy. Missing. There wasn't. It used all of it's, those tropes. Well,
0: thank you for being here for this in-depth examination of a of classic film, and people people still talk about it every day. The dirt bike kid. Uh, Do you have anything you'd like to plug before you go?
2: I can't think of anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything you'd like to sing before you go? God, it's so good. Got this feeling. So peel me off the ceiling.
2: Who's the artist that sings? Who who do we have to thank for that song? Oh my God, you know, I
1: don't even know. Patrick Collins, the colonator. Uh, apparently means a dick that is thicker than it is long.
2: No one's ever called it that, but that's great that he tried to claim it for himself.
1: Wikipedia, it's still on air.
0: Wikipedia. Good for him.
2: Um, I do want to plug if, if, I, if the podcast is not over. I don't know if we if we chose <laughs> it's probably it's probably over. we had to have cut already. Yeah. We had to. Yeah, have. Sorry. If not, donate to the Patreon that that they are always too. No, we're definitely Einstein, Hooten,
0: Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter, Frankfurt! Unser Podcast-Kanal und mit maximalem Schau! Sag Frankfurt Podcast? Korrekt! Ja! Die Kraft ist nicht ist nicht ohne! Schick die in die Hunde, so für eine Stunde! Komm schon, du kennst die Nummer! Einstein Hunter! Einstein Hunter, Frankfurt!
1: Gather round the hearth, younglings, to hear tell of the brave adventurers who risked everything to cast the all-powerful ring of evil King Dormare into the fires of Mount Hotdog. These were the Supremes. Neophant, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Three-Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aiden Moat. Whose mind was swayed to betray the party for Dormir's Ring? Alpha scientist John. Armando Nava, Benjamin Syron, Bim Talzer, who betrayed the party for Dormir's Ring but did later apologize. Brandon Garland. Brian Saylor, who betrayed the party for Dormir's Ring and did not apologize, not even when pressed. Brienne Whitney. Brockway loves the meat milling. Seryl. Chase McPherson. Chris Brower, who betrayed the party for Dormare's Ring while on horseback. That's different. It's a vehicular betrayal. Curious Glare. Dan B. Dean Costello. Donald Finney, the Ring Betrayer, who was called that before the adventure for other reasons, but did betray the party for Dormare's Ring. Dr. Awkward. Eric Spalding. Fancy Shark. Ambo, who betrayed the party for Dormare's Ring and then put it on. Down there. Haraka. Hot Fart. Jaber Al Aiden. John Dean, who definitely betrayed the party for Dormare's Ring. Holy shit. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Josh S. Ken Paisley. KM. All of whom betrayed the party for Dormare's Ring. Laziest Man on Mars Matt Cortez Matt Riley Mike Stiles betrayed the party for Dormare's ring then betrayed Dormare to the party then betrayed the party again! Moju N.D. Neil Bailey Neil Schaefer betrayed the party for Dormare's ring but in a really charming way that they just couldn't stay mad at. Nick Ralston Nick H. Ozzy Olin betrayed the party for Dormir's ring, and then proposed with it, aww. Patrick Herbst, Rev, Rhiannon, Rich Joslin resisted the power of Dormir, and stood strong. He, hold on, I'm getting a news hawk. He has just betrayed the party for Dormir's ring. Zarkovsky. Timmy Lady, Toastygab, Tom Sekula, Tommy G, Yosarian, and Jello, who did not betray the party for Dormir's ring. He asked for a necklace, for which, yes, he did betray the party.